Med Family is a show about a family journeying through medical school with kids and navigating married life. Tag along to see how we got here and where this journey is taking us. Hello and welcome to another episode of Med Family. I'm excited to present a very special episode. Karen took the night off to watch some cooking shows and some Project Runway and is allowing me to host two awesome fellow students from Trinity who will share their rotation experiences. We use a different technical setup this week, so I hope you'll forgive some of the technical difficulties and we'll be able to enjoy the episode either way. Here you go. Both my guests today are Trinity students. One has been in my class since term one and the other has been a little bit further along in medical school. Seth E.U. is a fourth year in medical school. He came to Trinity from Utah where he met his wife and worked as an EMT. When he was on the island, he only had one child, but since returning stateside, his family has welcomed their second child. Best I could tell, his time on the island was spent in a small room with two other classmates studying all the time and never attending class. He waved goodbye to, he has, he has waved goodbye to step one and step two, and is in the hunt for his residency match while doing his electives. Last time I asked him, he was interested in matching into emergency medicine. The other guest today is Brandon West, who I think comes from California. But he went to school in BYU, Idaho, where he met his wife, Kylie. From there, he lived in Oklahoma, Texas, and did some time in South Africa. Before medical school, Brandon worked as an EMT, pest control salesman, and quality control for yogurt. On St. Vincent's, he was my library friend, which is to say that he spent the time in the library and I was in the adjacent computer lab for hours on end. He has one kiddo and one more on the way within the next few weeks. Last I asked him, he was interested in family medicine, internal medicine, hospitalist, and maybe emergency medicine, uh, though I think that generally just means he's keeping his options open. Let's get that about right. That's, a, that's, that's about right. Okay. <laughs> Is there something about EMTs and wanting to go into emergency medicine? That's a great question. I think, no, I mean, I, mean I, I think if you're becoming an EMT and work as an EMT, you're obviously attracted to that kind of atmosphere. You're used to that type of high adrenaline type job. And emergency medicine is usually one of those specialties that translates from the field into the actual hospital. And so that's one reason I'm, I enjoy it and I want to continue it. So, yeah. yeah. I mostly, I love the thrill. So, yeah, like you said, you got to go into it for the thrill and the knowledge base. And you feel like you can handle situations better. That, that is one reason that being an emergency uh, medicine physician and an EMT, you're just like, I can, you're used to chaos and you get used to it, which is kind of nice. Well, you, you definitely had a, a bit of a step above us when we, doing the skill, we were doing the skills test in uh, central Georgia, doing the intubation. Like You actually <laughs> understood what the pieces of the intubation tools were. So that's Yep. King tubes. King, Inti- sure. I never did intubation. Intubation was actually new for me, but king tubes, yeah, I could do the king tubes. I was an EMT, basic. I got trained in different modules because our area did that. All right, so I wanted this to be, I guess, about your rotations and kind of get, get a little insight into each rotation, what you just come from and what you're going into, I suppose. We're starting out kind of kicking us off. What rotation did you guys finish off with? Uh, I actually just finished uh, an emergency medicine rotation. It was my first one of my fourth year. 
and I really liked it. I think it, like as we were talking just a little bit before this, I think it helped solidify my desire to go into emergency medicine. I mean, I liked every single specialty, but emergency medicine seems to encompass all those specialties, and you get to have that adrenaline. You, you just get a little bit of everything, and so that was the kind of icing on the cake of why I want to be an emergency medicine physician. So where were you doing your emergency so medicine? So it was, uh, yeah, sorry, it was in Tooele, Tooele uh, Utah at Mountain West Medical Center. It's like a small community hospital, and it's a, it's really small. It's only 12 bedrooms or 12 bed ER, but they stay really busy. I was always up on my feet throughout the entire shift. Just out of curiosity, what do you typically get? What kind of calls? Yeah. yeah. Honestly, like half the rooms were full of COVID right now. Oh, okay. um, yeah, it was surprising how much COVID patients we kept getting. And they were always young, like in their 30s. And then the rest of them varied from, you know, broken bones, stitch, like lacerations. As I say, do you get like a lot of motorcycle trauma or things like that? Uh, yeah, just because there there are some like a lot of mountains and dirt bike trails. Yes. And yes. so we oh, get yeah. those type so of traumas. Because it's a small hospital, we don't get like really bad traumas because they usually fly those patients from scene. But usually the the, the smaller things we'll get. So yeah. it was cool. So how how were your hours? I guess. So it was really nice. It was eight hour shifts. I usually did seven to three, so okay. seven a.m. to three p.m. And then after three, it was usually so busy that um, I would try to wrap things up, and so it usually ended up being more like four o'clock. But after okay. that, like it was, I was kind of done. I would just go home and study a little bit more and hang out with the family. But it was a really, really great shift lifestyle. No on call. That's also a huge plus with emergency <laughs> medicine. It, were you shadowing your doctor? Or no. Was it, so uh, over there, it was initially it was only shadowing, but contract they made and all that jazz. Anyway, I was able to do procedures. So stitching, I helped with a chest tube a couple of times, oh, nice. intubation. Uh, helped with like peds codes, adult codes, CPR, just anything that I felt comfortable with, with my EMT background and things that I haven't done before, you know, like suturing and chest tubes and things like and so that. So did you learn the chest tube stuff on this rotation or did you already know this from one of your core? No, I actually learned it on the rotation. I actually, I was familiar with chest tubes just from when I worked in the ER at the University of Utah. And the, the chest tubes they use were like the width of your thumb or the diameter of your thumb. They were mm-hmm. just big suckers. And this time the doctor told me like those are kind of going away and they use like these little pixie tail chest tubes or mm-hmm. which are like a 12 French um, compared to like a 23 French. I feel like that's a lot less painful. Yeah, exactly. And this, this guy, the EMTs in the room know what this means. I don't really yeah, know. Yeah, it, it's means. just basically <laughs> a smaller diameter, just kind of like the smaller than the, like the diameter of your pencil, essentially. Oh, wow. it, was, it was better and a lot more comfortable for the patient when you had to get that in versus, you know, your thumb being stuck in there, you know, so. Oh, I bet. Did you tell him it was your first time or? No, I didn't. I didn't (laughs) tell him. You got to fake it till you make it is what I've heard many times. (laughs) So, but the doctor was right there, you know, helping me and make sure I did things appropriately and and correctly. That's pretty cool. I I think you can tell him after you've done it. First time. <laughs> yeah, once everything's gone smoothly. Maybe when yeah. the tube comes out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no infection. Yeah, like exactly. That. So lots of COVID patients, lots of random accidents. Any any favorite situation that you kind of ran into? or um, My favorite ones, honestly, were the ones I didn't know what was going on. And neither did the doctor know. Like a lot of times we had to send patients out not knowing what was going on with them. We did our whole workup, and there was 
there wasn't anything that we could find that was going on. For example, there was this patient and my preceptor, he's like, that's what meningitis looks like. So I helped him with an LP actually. Um, <laughs> and we get the results back and the CSF was completely clear. There wasn't any white blood cells, no red blood cells, no nothing, leukocytes. It was all clear. And we were just stumped. We're like, well, this, this kid's sick. But we don't know where it's coming from or what it is. So those those types of patients I like because I was able to just kind of push my my learning and application of what I have learned to its limits. And obviously, I would like to follow up with those patients eventually. And some of them I was able to, but... Um, okay, that was going to be kind of my next question. Usually, the ER is kind of considered a, a revolving door. You kind of come in and you go out somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually one of the appeals, I guess, appeals to being in the ER is like not having a patient that you have to see constantly. <laughs> yeah. Very if you, that's your personality, yeah. that's well, something you, you, you like. You do actually it. see some constantly. You do see, I mean, the repeat yeah, those customers. Are, those are the ones you don't like. Yeah, those are, no one's like, yeah. Uh, no, I, I think, I'm sorry, what was the question? Uh, was, I didn't really comment to one, but I mean, that was uh, being able to see those patients again. That's a... Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's helpful when that specific hospital I was at had an affiliation with the big hospital we send patients to. So it was really easy to look up their charts and figure out what it was. And, oh, okay. So and, just kind uh, of following yeah, on. Yeah, and I think that's really important with your education is because like you, you get to this certain point and you don't know what's going on. And following up and realizing what it is is helpful. It's like when you're taking a practice test and you get it wrong, rather than just saying, oh, you're wrong, it gives you an explanation and you learn from it. So nice. it's kind of like that. So Brandon, what, what did you finish up with? I just got done with my pediatric rotation. Now I'm starting family, but my pediatric rotation yeah. was in Eastman, Georgia. And it was about a 45-minute drive, so a little bit longer, but it was really nice. It was a good drive. Lots of woods everywhere. How long of a drive was it? 45 minutes. <laughs> 45 minutes to 50, but I mean, it was really pretty. No complaints. I was trying to figure out on the drive there, this might be a little off topic, but You're fine. all their different, like the pecan trees, and then they have all these just different plants that I haven't seen before. Like they're not peppers, but they kind of look like peppers that are just more up out of the ground. So I don't know if it's peanuts. I know it's not peppers because I tried looking. I looked for something. Anyway, trying to see all the different, what they farm here. I still haven't figured it out. So what was your pediatric, what, what did it look like? What was your rotation hours? So my hours were, and kind of how it all started, it was the first day he had me, the first day I came in, he just had me follow him around just to get used to it. Because this is my first, I told him this is my first rotation. Set the expectation. Yeah, set the expectation. That would have been nice because I am. Yes. <laughs> the last thing I want to do. But then he told me more about like how he's had Trinity students before. But anyway, so the first day I just watched him, um, saw what he did. And then after that, the uh, second day and every, every day after that, he just had me go in and see patients by myself first. And then I come back and report to him what I found or what I didn't find. Cause he told me to, to read the room a bit and don't, don't do anything that, you know, it's going to make the kid more upset because he's going to do the exact same thing I'm going to do. And there's no point in making him even more upset. The parents aren't happy to begin with. So, but that's, that's basically what he told me. He's like, just go in and do it. Just read the room and come back. And that's basically what happened the rest of the time. It was really fun. It was, it was nice because I got to see what he did and what I did. So it was nice because he didn't watch me as I was doing things, which I always feel like is a great thing because you're a little bit more uh, kind of aware and you make more mistakes, I feel like, when people watch you. So it was nice just going in by myself and making my own mistakes and then watching him come in and do it and then making notes of, okay, I should have done this and that, or I missed this exam, I missed this part of this exam, and just kind of preferences that he likes to do, actually. So that was, that was really nice. 
Yeah, the same thing. I did that in the the ER, and it's really nice because you you go in, do your thing first, report back to them, and then they would ask me questions. They're like, oh, do you check this? Or like, oh, are their legs swollen? And you're like, crap, I forgot to check their (laughs) legs. (laughs) And so it helps. It helped me, you know, obviously it it helped you, you know, just to like better your skills and then watching them as well. Yeah, I think, yeah, I agree. That was was very helpful. But I would typically get home, and he had another, sorry, we had a, so Eastman is the main place, but then he has another place in McRae. And that takes another. That, that takes about an hour and ten minutes to get there. Um, not from Eastman, but from 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 Bonaire. So from Eastman, it's about another 20, 25 minutes. And so we would go there as well. And those days, we typically get home. I would typically get home at about six o'clock, six seven o'clock, because I would get done at his place about five six ish, because he was the last one there. I mean, he owns his business and he likes to he likes to be there even on his vacation day, which was on Friday Saturday. Sometimes Friday, mostly just Saturday. He would come in and still just kind of walk around. So you, would just, you go in on Fridays and Saturdays? I would go in on Fridays and Saturdays as well. Did you? He didn't. He told me I didn't have to come in on Saturdays. Saturdays was half day, so we only were there till twelve o'clock. We still saw patients. Yeah, it was always busy. It was always busy, which was really nice because we saw some some cool stuff, which I was happy about. It's, it's something else when you see it actually in person when you just read so about like, it what, the entire what did time. You see? Um, oh shoot. Put you on the spot here. I saw, oh, oh I'm going to butcher these names. Eosinic, eosinophilic esophagitis. So a patient that had been diagnosed with eosinophilic esophagitis. And these have already be pre, been pre-diagnosed, but he had some of the classic symptoms. He was throwing up. He didn't know. They were throwing up every so often. They didn't know exactly what was going on. Apparently he had the biopsy because I learned that to biopsy. You have to do a biopsy of it. You see him increase amount of eosinophils and they'll, they'll put them on a steroid that will hopefully calm things down and then they put them on an antihistamine or not antihistamine sorry they put them on an h1 blocker for a stomach they start with h1 blocker first and then they'll move up from there but it was really cool to see that that was there that was a rare one another one was oh i'm gonna butcher this name not duchenne's muscular dystrophy but something muscular myotonic muscle myotonic muscular dystrophy oh i think i'm saying that correctly i'll double check that yeah, myotonic muscle. Yeah, that's it. So I saw those in two kids, and I was like, wow, this is such a rarity. But it didn't, wasn't expressing at that time because they were so young. I guess it expressed later, later, kind of expresses later on. Okay. But I just knew they were diagnosed with it. It's, it's a triple... Triple night nuclear yeah. repeat yeah. disease. Yeah, trinucleotide repeat yeah, disease. That thing. And so, so yes, so, so we got to see that, that too. I was like, wow, these are just rare things coming out Did of the Did they just work. like test for it? Just they tested for it, yeah, so I got to see that. Oh. Um, they had, I think, I can't remember. No, so they had a family history of it. So Oh, okay. They so knew they the fall, kind of yes, they already were looking for it, and they tested the kids for it, and they knew that they had it. So that was cool to see as well. So a lot of cool, just really good stuff to see. Obviously, didn't I didn't see a whole lot with the kids. Like, they weren't showing too many signs or symptoms, some of them. Some of them did, some of them didn't. I mean, kids are really resilient, so. Resilient or resistant? Res- both. both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, typically both. But no, it was just, it was a lot of fun. I'm glad I got to see like so many different patients. A lot of sports physicals though. Uh, a lot of sports un- physicals. That's kind of unfortunate. Well, that's not bad. You actually see some things in the sports physical too. It's like, that looks like you might have kind of come out. Apparently it's a common thing actually. Oh, so those steroid use, huh? No. Yeah. <laughs> not that I know of. But yeah, apparently happens and it's a common thing actually at that age group teenagers interesting so what was it like i guess when you went in, when you went into what, what were you expecting versus what was it like like how how different was the expectation and how it was 
I was expecting to know, like, to be put on the spot more often and to kind of be watched a lot and to know how to do everything, to have, have more like a rapid fire, like, because they always teach you, like, you're going to get, you're going to get pimped out on so many questions and so many things. So I wasn't expecting that, but it was much more laid back and it was really nice because I hardly know anything. I like, I feel like I hardly know anything. After step one, you just kind of know, all right, this is what they have. I don't know how to treat it exactly. <laughs> So that's, that's what, that was nice that the expectation was. It was really just, it was more laid back. He was really nice about everything. Just really easy to talk to. So that wasn't what I was expecting. So I was also not expecting the kids to be something I liked. I like pediatrics more than I ever thought I would. I like pediatrics too, actually. Yeah. It was one of my favorite rotations. I told my wife, I'm like, I, I could do pediatrics, but I think it would also be... I think that desire is also because I really wanted to decorate a cool office, like <laughs> all the murals you see. Yeah, on the walls. exactly. Like, who did, did this one? one? Who did yeah, that? I would put like a playground in the waiting room or something like nice. that. Yeah. So, so do you like like bow ties and stuff? I wouldn't wear a bow tie. I hate ties. I hate dress up clothes. <laughs> see, I, I told you, it's not the bow tie. Yeah. It's, the kids can't pull. You can't choke you out with a bow tie. <laughs> Clip-ons. Clip on tie. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, when was, when did you do your pediatric rotation? That was my in February. Order of it, I guess. Oh, it was. I think it was my second to last. Oh, okay. So no, third were... to third to last. Yeah. So I, I had it was right in the middle. Was it um, also in Eastman? Or? No, it was actually in Warner Robins. But the part that I liked about pediatrics is that the physician I was with was able to well, had privileges at House and Medical. So I was able to go and be a part of like inpatient pediatrics. So oh, okay. seeing like newborns and newborn pathologies, like failure to pass meconium and stuff like that yeah, right nice. after that. Because I didn't really have that cool. at all. Yeah. So there's pros and cons everywhere, I guess. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. They, they used to have that in Eastman, but they got, they got rid of their... The neonato? Yeah, the neonato. Yeah. Hmm. I guess it wasn't making enough for the hospital to keep it. Gotcha. Hmm. I guess what was your... Funniest experience, either with the patients or with your preceptors. Ooh. <laughs> Let's see. This was, honestly, this is one I was, I was trying to think about. I think the one of the funniest experiences that I've had is, honestly, when on my psychiatry rotation. The people are, obviously, they're they're working through some things um, <laughs> and I, I loved it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the psychiatry patients are, are awesome. But there's some, like, you, they just can't help it. And there's this one guy, he just kept walking up and down. He was the nicest, friendliest guy, but he just wasn't all there. And he would always, every time I would walk in, he would just stop. He looked honestly calm, almost like a zombie. He would stop, look at me, and just kind of walk at me and, like, just stare me de- dead in the eyes. <laughs> you know, it almost, it was threatening the first time it happened. But then after that... He, he came right up to my face and he would always just smile. He's like, gotcha. And then just shake my hand and like, you know, like, was put him there. Inpatient? And, yeah, I was inpatient. Oh. So they were in the lockdown, lockdown unit. But every every time I walked in that morning to do rounds, he, he was there waiting for me. And he would just do the same thing. Look at me, stare me straight in the eyes like he's going to do something to me. Walk over and just smile and give me a good good morning and handshake. So I'm in psych right now. So what what, what kind of what can I look forward to? <laughs> I have no idea what to expect from. Oh from man, either I, inpatient or outpatient. I think honestly, the thing that I learned the most in psych is how to interview psych patients. Because throughout medical school, you always learn about like how to do the HPI for mm-hmm. like you know what what illnesses have you had? You know we all know how to take that history, but when it comes to psych, I was like. 
I don't know how to interview you. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, are you sad? How long have you been sad? <laughs> you know? And then my preceptor actually sat me down, gave me like a 45-minute lecture. Um, and ever since then, it's been really good. So honestly, for your psych rotation, I would say um, look up and like get familiar with how to like manage or interview psych patients. Okay. Because I think that was the hardest part for me was learning how to like interview psych patients because it's a completely different ball game and separate questions you're supposed to ask that you're not used to to asking so, so i always worry about like how do you tell they're actually being honest with you or if like what they're saying is like if that's a delusion or if that's an actual mm-hmm. yeah i think that comes with experience not saying i have that experience but like the <laughs> preceptor i was with would always know like, oh, yeah, they're having delusions or this or that. And honestly, a lot of the times the patient realizes they have it. They have delusions. I've A lot of times they're there because they want to be there and get mm-hmm. hope. So they're very honest with you. And, yeah, I haven't had a patient in the psych unit that's lied to me but um, because they're looking for that help. So. I wanted to, I guess, kind of pivot a little bit because um, in core, we're, me and Brandon are core rotation. So we are basically handed our rotation. Mm-hmm. Whereas you're, you started your elective, you're now in a uh, different elective right now, it sounds like, uh, radiology? Yeah, like, radiology. How do you organize that? Uh, electives? Yeah. Oh, it's quite time-consuming, honestly. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's Luckily, Trinity finally put out like a, like a form, like a stepwise form, like step one, you do this, step two, you do this, and they have a list of electives that you could actually pick. Oh, okay. So that made it really easy once that once they came out with that. I did see um, that actually. I think they sent an email out. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's on the Trinity Handbook Canvas page. Oh, okay. Um, that you can right. go look at, and it's yeah, it's really easy. It's just like a step one, step two. Here are the classes that, or electives that are possible, and then of course you could also go and reach out to sources you might have. So like the one in yeah, Idaho so would the, be yeah, one. so the one in Utah. Utah, sorry. No, you're good. Uh, yeah, the one in Utah. I had worked there previously as a paramedic on the ambulance, and so I reached out to some people there and asked if I could do a rotation. They helped me get it set up, and then obviously there's you could go to different websites on programs you might be interested in. They have audition rotations, and I have an, another one um, that wasn't on Trinity's list that I set up myself. Oh, okay. That they just coordinate with their clinical coordinator, and they. Do all the paperwork for you so 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 why did you choose radiology i'm guessing you choose these ones yeah yeah you could choose it honestly because like it, each specialty you look at some sort of like imaging in some way shape or form and so i wanted to get better at it just i mean with emergency medicine you obviously are going to be looking at imaging a lot cts x-rays mm-hmm. and i just wanted to get better on like reading it how to read it stepwise fashion and so i wanted an elective that could like push me and like teach me how to do that and so that's why I did that and I'll probably do neurology too I hate neurology and I suck at it but that that elective is going to help me become better at it and that's kind of why (laughs) I chose radiology because I sucked at it so I'm hoping to get better at it so yeah my family medicine rotation we had a we would get x-ray reports and sometimes coming from an orthopedic background Uh like where the orthopedic surgeons will do their own report, uh, own readings of their X-rays. Yeah. And you see some of these X-ray reports, and you're just like, it's like two sentences. It's like, <laughs> how am I supposed to understand what's going on? So, Brandon, how are you studying for shelf? Because that's, I guess, I mean, you studied the peds, you passed the peds shelf exam. Oh yes. How are you After studying? After guessing for? twelve, yes. I wasn't going <laughs> to mention that. <laughs> All right, that was the hardest one for me. 
um, there's a ton of different like little questions and I'm like I don't know like C looks great I guess well, the reason well, why, the I, reason guess. why I guess 12 the, the, so the, I didn't tell you well, yeah so when I got I didn't know we didn't have a break so it's 110 questions I didn't know we had a didn't have a break which I should have known kind of because but they always gave it to it in blocks I mean it's been nice up until Living now learn. <laughs> blocks of 50 you know take a break and so I thought I had a break but it, it mentioned that it didn't have a break but I was like it was a break. Skip right so, through that intro screen, huh? Yeah. So I did skip right through that intro screen, and I ended up getting to the last about 12 questions, 13, 12 questions, and I was completely out of time. I had a minute left, and so I was like, all right, we're going to guess on all these. And so I did seven. So I did C, 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 C. And I don't, I don't even know if I got to the last two to guess on them. So it was... Oh man. It was, it was nerve-wracking. Wait, you still passed. I still passed. Still passed. I was like, yay! Yeah, well, at least we still got through it. So yeah, I've definitely lived and learned from that one. But it was kind of—it was just—it was ridiculous. It was just that we had to read so much more, or not so much more. We just had to pay attention to a lot more of the reading, because in step one, you don't have to—I don't think you have to pay that much attention to reading. Like you can look at the last sentence and look at what they're what the answers are, and you're like, all right, I know what they're going for, and then you just pick out where you're going. But with this one, you feel like I feel like you have to read the whole thing. Or maybe it's just I'm not used to it, either one. But no, so the study for pediatric shelf and for these shelves, I think I'm just going to mostly use online med ed, just through their videos, just quickly, because they have high-yield topics and they explain things really well. And then I really liked the Kaplan videos, actually. So they kind of take your whole book. They take the whole book that you have, and it's, I believe he's a professional. I actually don't know what he does. But there is a doctor that goes through and reads things, basically reads the book and explains things in the book to you as he as he's reading along. So that's actually really nice. And so I think so it's I, kind of like an audio book. Kind of, yeah. Uh, is it actually. made by Kaplan? Or? It's made by Kaplan, yeah. Made by Kaplan. So that's I think that was a new feature that they put in. But the only problem is for this next one for family med, they don't have their own section. It's like grouped in with internal med. So this next one for family med, I'm probably just going to do year old questions. Find out what online meded recommends out of their internal medicine videos because they have so many videos. Twenty plus hours of videos. Yes. It's a lot of videos. So I'm, yeah. And I'll probably also do what's the one that they have? Hundred it's not a hundred concepts. Case uh, files. Case files. I'll probably do case files for family med. Because that's only what a hundred questions. Is that what Sorry, you did for case peds files. as well? I try, I started doing that for peds, but for peds I just did Kaplan because peds had its own book and so i just read through the book and did the videos and did my online med ed and i thought that was fun i also just did the questions for kaplan i was very impressed with kaplan actually i've never i don't really like i didn't like using kaplan in the beginning and for step one but i, I think um i think i like him for, i think i like him to you know step step two i don't know if that's true or not but so far, I've actually liked them quite a lot for step two. Like, are, you, are they paying you for this, right? <laughs> no, they're not. They're getting up there with everyone else. Seth, you were doing, for step two anyway, you were doing, best I can say is endurance training. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for step two, did that help? Oh, it helped a ton. Just because, like, step one for me, I'm just, my, my mind is like that that squirrel thing, you know? <laughs> so step one, my biggest struggle was just, like, after question every 20 questions I was just like zoning out and spacing out and I'm like what I did not do well or as well as I wanted to in step one and so I wanted to uh, train myself to 
build that mental endurance and not get so unfocused. And so like four weeks leading up to it, uh, step two, I would just uh, take eight sections of 40 every other day questions. So uh, it was like 300, basically a full step two exam, 320 questions. And I would wow. do that every, every other day. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, just, and I would just time it exactly like it was supposed to be. And then the off days, I would just go over the questions and review them and see what I did wrong. Holy crap. Holy crap. You did eight sections of 40? Every other day? Every other day? Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, it was brutal. I got through a lot of questions that way. But <laughs> I, I think you would have been done with your cap. Oh, or not, not your cap. Yeah, I got through your world. world questions. Through your world. And I was, did you go through it three times or two yeah. times? <laughs> or almost, almost, weeks, almost yeah. two times. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. But... No, it, when I took the test, the actual test, it felt like any of the, the rest of the study days. I wasn't really stressed about it. I was, it was just like any other um, practice day. And I knew when to eat, what to eat. And it just, it, it went, it sailed really smoothly. So the so. endurance training really worked out well. Yeah, it, it did work out well, <laughs> at least for me. Um, I needed it um, mentally for sure. And it, and it worked it's, out. It sounds terrible, but it's, it it's a good terrible, idea. Like, but it, it paid out in the end. So <laughs> I was, it hurts my brain. Well, you had mentioned it like weeks ago that you were doing it before you took step two. It sounded sounds kind of crazy, but I kind of agreed. Like I took step one, didn't do as well as I did. I was like, if I, if I block four, I wanted to be done with step, yeah. step one. And uh-huh. I was just like, let's go, let's go, let's yeah, go. Uh-huh. And that probably doesn't bode well for my score. Uh, no, it, it didn't for mine. And like, you're just clicking, you're like, oh yeah, D looks great. <laughs> and you're just, like, you're just reading it quickly and you're slowly like, I don't know how I have 15 more minutes. Yeah, and then, but then there's other times where I would just zone out on like question 15 and then I would just be hustling to get done with it because I'm running out of time and I like, Oh, yeah. choose their last question with like two seconds left oh, yeah. because I had zoned out thinking about like you know going boating or something after this you know? <laughs> when so. I, and I had looked at like look back looking back at step one like all the preparation I did and I don't think it was bad but it was like all the practice tests and you know, I, I would, oh every Tuesday I would do a practice test because my exam was going to be on a Tuesday and but I would do like 160 questions and, oh yeah, yeah and it's like mm-hmm. oh well that's not that's not that's not seven blocks of 40 that's yeah and that's what i did too for step one and it like that kind of tripped me up i was like 140 or 160 give or take Mm -hmm. um and so when the actual test exam came or when step one came about i was like at question 140 i was like i should be done right now like but there's (laughs) you know there's another like 100 questions to go basically and so it it definitely tripped me up so but I, i recommend the the testing endurance because it, it helped a ton. That's why I would I would probably blame some of the assessments where they kind of I guess where that's for me that's where I felt they fell short is you take those mm-hmm. assessments you get a three digit score and you feel pretty good so you don't feel like you need to push yourself <laughs> and then like yeah. then you take the real thing and you're like wow that's way below the assessment yeah. score. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's just again. That's just me. But uh, well, then again, Kaplan does do their full length exam. I did. I did take good on Kaplan. Take those. Yeah, they're (laughs) catching on. Well, they're. I mean, their their questions were very short, but easy. Yes. Well, they're not on step two. They're they're very. They're your they're your typical questions. Yeah. Step two for Kaplan actually is very well done. Is it really? Yes. They're just as long. Do you agree with this? I never did Kaplan. Oh. Um, So I I couldn't speak to that. Well, the MBME, I guess, yeah, I haven't taken step two yet, but <laughs> with the MBME, they're on par. They're like the same thing. Okay. Well, I mean, I did family medicine and kind of like the same issue you had. They didn't, they didn't have a family medicine section. They just had medicine. 
and I wasn't going to go through. I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to online med ed. I basically had to learn internal medicine. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not doing that again. Yeah. Got to do it for the actual thing now. I'll, I'll be great oh, when great. it gets to internal medicine. It's not my last rotation. <laughs> yeah, you'll be, you'll be set. Yeah, so um, I guess getting back to maybe these rotations, did any of the, I guess, rotations for you, Seth, change like, your mind? I mean, it sounded like you stayed pretty much straight on emergency medicine, but any of them kind of tempt you to change your mind? Yeah, I I mean, I went with it with a soft attitude of wanting to do emergency medicine. I wanted to keep my mind open in case there were other specialties that I wanted to do. But each one, like I loved, I loved each one. Like I like pediatrics like way more than I ever thought I would, both for the children and because I wanted to decorate my office like super cool. Um, <laughs> but <clears throat> the other one I, I liked was also OBGYN, which I never thought in the end of this world i would like that one but i like the dynamic of like uh, surgery and like your clinical office practice as well but i think my favorite one aside from emergency medicine was surgery it was my first rotation and i had an amazing preceptor and i just yeah i love surgery i loved working with my hands way more than i ever thought I would. I felt like I did good. My preceptor, I said I did good. I feel like that's <laughs> that's something coming from a well, surgeon. You, you were one on one with that. Kid. Yeah, it was one on one, and I remember the first surgery day. She's like, "All right, scrub up or scrub in," and I'm just thinking to myself, "I was like, I don't even know how to scrub <laughs> like properly." <laughs> what's sterile? What's not yeah, sterile? Exactly. Yeah. And so I I snagged one of the scrub techs, and I was like, "Hey, I'll buy you cookies if you teach me how to scrub it." <laughs> And I did, and she taught me, and they, they were really helpful. But anyway, all the I loved, I, I realized I loved a bunch of everything, every specialty. And I think that's why, I think that's what enforced my decision to go into emergency medicine. It's because in emergency medicine, you deal with like OBGYN, you deal with pediatrics, you deal with, you know, uh, some surgical procedures, you get a little bit of everything. And I think that's why going through all of them solidified my my choice to go into emergency medicine is because I got to enjoy everything about but not have to you know go through you know six different residencies to to get into it oh yeah actually side question on top of that so now with family medicine and not family medicine with um sorry how did you decide between internal medicine though and Emergency medicine. Oh, like, oh, like critical because care. Because they do see a lot yeah, of, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I actually thought about that. I think it would be cool to do, like, critical care, like an intensivist in the mm-hmm. ICU or something like that. Um, I I think it's because, like, with, well, I, I may, like, may not know this specifically because I do actually have an ICU rotation with a, an intensivist. So um, I'm not super familiar with what they do. But from what I understand, like, how I feel right now, so with emergency medicine, I could go out on the streets and apply that pretty well with like but whereas an intensivist you know I feel like they're used to you know their teams all the resources they have to keep that person alive but then again I could be completely wrong I'll have to let you know more after I have that rotation with the intensivist but I'm excited for it when do you have that one it's in January I believe yeah so it's a little bit of ways towards the end yeah it's towards the end Um, but at this point you've already applied to residents just about yeah i uh, at the end of the month of september you'll throw in your, oh, your okay. application and i i think another reason i'm not doing the internal medicine route is because you i don't know i'm just not smart enough for internal <laughs> medicine like i uh i know you need a certain step score and i'm like i don't think i quite got it so like i uh my step two was fine but they judge all their 
entries into residency off of your step one. Yeah. And so like if they just use a computer system, it's like, all right, any student below like uh, 220, uh, we're not even going to look at, like even if there are other applications strong. So they use like a cutoff point. Well, hopefully that, oh, that wouldn't change for you actually. I was about to say, hopefully that changes eventually with the oh, step one cutoff. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. There's a theoretical step two is gonna be so heavy for ours. It might change a little, yeah. but and the course is also going to be like that supplemental application for certain specialties that have like mm-hmm. flagging and whatnot. Yeah, and internal medicine ha- does have a supplemental application that they have with its residency program. Now, oh, so okay. mm-hmm. that like dermatology and something else. That's it. So yeah, are, are, you, are you doing a dermatology? Oh. Me? No, okay. I would be too bored. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> people's skin. <laughs> so. That sounds awful. Yeah, uh, actually, that was that was one actually recommend, recommended, recommended to me by the pediatric doctors. Like, do derm. I mean, there, well, there's I'm, a ton of derm. Don't you have family that has? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I do have family that does dermatology. Oh, All of them do dermatology. Their, their step score is like. Oh yeah, so uh, whatever it was back in the whatever it was back in the day, and however they scored it back then, yes, they yeah, they're, all, they're all very smart. Yeah, I mean, it's the best lifestyle of all the specialties. If you yeah. if you want to go fight, yeah, uh, debatable. I think emergency medicine's no, no, <laughs> you're, you're just wrong. No, I, think, I, think, I think if you have a the, if seven on seven off sounds pretty good too, actually. That does sound nice, but having like a, a solid eight to five, Monday through Friday, no call sounds pretty good too. That's what my wife likes. Yeah. Yeah, you don't uh, you don't have a call with emergency medicine. I love that. You just have a shift. You just have a shift. You show up. You do your work. You do your paperwork. You go home. Don't need to think about patients. Don't need to think about ICT, ICD ten codes at all. You just, <laughs> you just, <laughs> that's the worst. And if, yeah, you, probably, if you probably will think about your patients. If it's too complicated, you just send them upstairs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like, I'll, I'll call the I'll call the hospital. So like, I don't know what's going on. Here you go. Well, there's always a specialist in time for the specialist. So I think the hospital doesn't exactly. understand someone else. Someone smarter up the chain. Yeah. So, man, you meant, speaking of your wife, Brandon, I, I understand the OBGYN is still not uh, in the picture for you. Not that I know of. No. Oh, your wife. Do you do that? No, 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 just no. She asked me, like, do you, don't you want to be OB? I was like, no. no, they have the worst lifestyle. I mean, that's the one, like, that's honestly, I think I would have done surgery if it wasn't for the schedule. Oh, right. Yeah, I didn't like the schedule. Yeah, and yeah. same with OB. I'm like, I want to be home. I want a life. Yeah, it's not with the, not with the schedule. Just, I don't know. There's just so many things that go wrong with, that can go wrong. I'm dealing with babies and mothers. And I don't give me, I love mothers and I love babies, but when they are cooking together, they have problems. They, they're just random things happen to women when they're pregnant. It's just so bizarre. I'm not ready to deal with that, especially all the emotions that go on. Yeah, I love that. I've had four kids before I even started medical school, and now <laughs> yes. I can be freaked out about everything. <laughs> I can't imagine what you're going through if your wife, like, do every any week now, and it's like all the problems you can picture and you've learned about, even how remote they are. Just, yeah, ignorance is bliss sometimes. You know? <laughs> it really is, but then you see a, and then you see something. And like, so, so is you know pediatrics then on your list of things uh, to do or possibility? Pediatrics is definitely a possibility. It's definitely a possibility because I know there's specialties. I do want to specialize in something. Like when if I go into a field, I do want to specialize. I believe. I mean, I'm still speaking young here because I still haven't gone through everything yet. So. But I did, if I do do pediatrics, I would specialize. Like like pediatric nephrology or possibly oh, yes, okay. nephrology is actually really cool. But I feel like I'd see a lot of sadness with nephrology. Well, there's a lot of sadness just in general. That is <laughs> true. <laughs> doctor, right? <laughs> no, but, I, mean, I mean, it's not oncology, but. except in dermatology, right? Yeah, like, it's benign. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
just the Nevis. Don't worry about it. Yeah, no, but Pediatrics is definitely on the, it's on the list so far. I've actually I enjoyed that quite a bit. And your OB rotation was it the one in the Naked? Mm-hmm. Was it with uh, male OBGYN? Yeah. Oh, okay, I, I think a few of our yeah, classmates so, had him and enjoyed him quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, he's a good guy, and it makes it easier when you're a guy, and the patient seeing a guy like it makes it a lot more opportunity how do you say that word <laughs> available to actually do procedures and stuff with him because you know the patient's already used to a guy whereas if you're with a female preceptor they're like yeah they, yeah, they, probably, they probably chose the female preceptor for a reason, for a reason. yeah so yeah. they're like no i'd get out like i don't want a guy yeah, yeah i was kind of so. worried if i had the rotation and i'd be like in the hallway the entire yeah. time just uh-huh. like uh-huh yeah so yeah. what did you do in there yeah <laughs> <laughs> yep but no it, it was good i liked it Good, good preceptor, good experience and opportunity. So, if you could do a rotation again, what would you do? Which for you, Seth, I guess I'm sorry, Brandon. You only have the one rotation. That... I don't have too much under my belt. <laughs> no, I I would actually do pediatric or pediatrics. You got me saying pediatrics. Yeah. No surgery. Um, I actually might change one of my electives to do a surgery rotation again because I liked it that much. So you did general so, surgery. Yeah, for, general surgery. And then did you do a special? Uh, yeah, it was uh, vascular. Um, oh, okay. Sp- more specific. I was more in the wound clinic with vascular. Oh, dealing gross. With, like, yeah, it was pretty nasty. I learned a lot. I learned that I don't want diabetes ever in my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, yeah, so I did that for my subspecialty, but I actually would love to go back and do general surgery with my preceptor. I really liked it, and I, I, I'll probably change my elective schedule just to do that again, because I, I won't ever have a chance to do surgery really again. So It's fun. Well, yeah. yeah, it's fun. I liked it. You get picked on by the other surgeons, but that's whatever. <laughs> what, what, what do you mean by that? Oh, they're just, they, they expect you to know a lot, which rightfully so, but sometimes you're not prepared and they, they let you know that you're not prepared to put it that way, <laughs> so, which is fine. You do, gotta, they, do, they, do they mostly pimp you on like anatomy? Oh yeah. You got to know your anatomy really well. And sometimes like, that is something that, I mean, we're not really trained for, I mean, in step one, there was like, oh yeah, exactly. 100 concepts is all you need yeah, to know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, what's the first branch off the colic artery? And I'm like, uh. I know. And they weren't asking, like, just to, you know, dink around with me. But there, there was a purpose behind it. And I learned what the purpose was. But still, I was not prepared for some of the questions they asked me. And I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. I heard some of the general surgeons like allow you to kind of fish around, not really fish around, but like move around in the abdomen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the one I had was very hands-on. I, I, I was her first assist for the most part. Just did what she wanted me to do. I would hold guts. I would sometimes like <laughs> saw like you know use the bougie to like cut away stuff. You know, help with the sutures, help suture them up. It was just a bunch of various things depending on the surgery. So in vascular, did you see any maggots? No, I asked them about maggots. They say it's hard because you have to account for every single maggot. And so if they lose them, then they, you could be like liable or something like that. And I'm like, oh yeah, that'd be kind of a pain in the neck. Oh, I guess I meant more of like really bad oh. wounds that come in that oh, have maggots. that have maggots. That aren't medical. Oh, not maggots. medical maggots. <laughs> <laughs> I, not on the rotation. I've seen it when I was working in the hospital once. Um, this homeless guy came in with a wound and they were just uh, maggots and flies and oh, uh, it stunk really bad. And I was a tech, so I was in charge of cleaning him up. And 
the lowest on the yeah i was not (laughs) one of the lowest yeah and the n95 did not help filter out the smell oh man this is why it's good not to have a sense of smell yeah that's a benefit isn't it it is (laughs) only with only with bad things i mean it's the it's the best thing it's nice working with dead bodies because they could hardly smell it's kind of gross but it's good Jumping back to your emergency med rotation, did you have someone with you, like another student with you at the same time? No, it was just 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 me. Yeah, it was just one-on-one. Really helpful. Do you prefer having one? I mean, I'm I'm sure at elective level, it's nice to have one-on-one. Yeah. Because you're auditioning, essentially. I think it depends. On surgery, it was one-on-one, and I had hope. Like, I was wishing there was a two-on-one because I would get asked questions. I'm like, oh, man, I really wish I had, like, a co-student that... Like could bounce off question or bounce well, at least off, be ignorant know. together yeah exactly or at least at least know the answer but it was just me but you know the the pro of it is like i was able to scrub it every single time and be front and center so it's just like you lose some win some type of thing was there ever a time you didn't want to go in the or no i loved it like it was fun yeah, I remember talking to my cousin yeah. about it, and he was like, "I just I couldn't do surgery because there were just days I didn't want to go in the ER." He's like, "I understand that. That makes sense." No, I looked forward to going. I think the well, actually, I think the only time I didn't want to go in the OR was when I was getting a call at like three in the morning. I'm like, "Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I can get." <laughs> oh jeez, yeah. yeah. And what kind of calls are those? Uh, it was like if the preceptor's on call, like I was like I went on call with them to like go see patients or go do like emergency surgery because they had like a bowel perforation. Oh, okay. Um, so we would go open them up and find it and resect it and then get them back in and they, <laughs> yeah. And Jeez. Trauma, trauma surgery. Trauma surgery. Well, yeah, it's not, yeah. it's not trauma it's just general surgery yeah it's just yeah. general surgery but usually trauma yeah. surgeons start yeah. with general yeah. surgery and then they specialize for like two years yeah, no, i don't want to do that That's, yeah that sounds I mean, terrible yeah trauma surgeons don't have a life it, it seems really fun i think i would like it like it's, it's great for when you're really young different. yeah uh, like you have the energy to do that and then you're like i don't, mm-hmm. I don't want to do honestly i became a doctor or i'm not a doctor but i wanted to become a doctor because i knew working as like a emt or paramedic I'm like, I can't do this forever. Like, I want a job <laughs> where I can sit down every now and then and not have to lift a, you know, 500-pound person off the floor. No, that makes it so much more <laughs> yeah. interesting. Like, how are we going down these stairs? Oh, we're going down. At 2 in the morning. <laughs> you know? Jeez. So. Yeah, that's one of those EMTs. Like, a lot of EMTs seem to really enjoy the work, but it's um, very physical. Yeah. Physically demanding. Like, the, uh, the guy we had during our skills check-off, like, most of the guys, it seemed like they were former EMTs or training, and they just looked like they were, their bodies were just torn apart. Yeah. Some of them, I guess, yeah. I just, I don't know. I mean, I only did an EMT for a year and a half. But when I was an EMT, I had a lot of, I was the youngest one, and everyone else was pushing 40 plus. So it was interesting to see, but they, I feel like just people didn't lift right some of the times, but there's times you just can't lift right because when you're going down the stairs and this, you're going to tweak your back at one point because you just can't stay in that position. It's like drop Someone. the patient or tweak your back. But yep. if you drop the patient, you get lawsuit. So you're like, crap. Back's, back's got to go. Yeah. <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> the nice thing is they do have nifty contraptions like the stair chair. Beautiful thing. There's whoever, whoever made that. God bless them. Yeah, but there's a weight limit on that. There is. <laughs> Maybe here's a question for you guys. Like how how many times did you find something on studying for shelf that was practiced differently in the office? 
few actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think oh man, there I can't think of a specific example right off, like right now. But I know there's been some things, even in like emergency medicine rotation, where I'm like, I learned this, but you are doing it this way. And oh man, I felt like I can think of an example right now. But there definitely yeah, have been some where I'm like, uh, I don't know what to do because you're doing it this way, but I learned this way, or this is textbook. And um, I, I had, I'm not sure if I mentioned to you, Brianna, but I had had a question about pre medication for a flu shot. Oh, okay. And uh, whether or not you basically whether someone had a reaction to a shot, and then at whether or not you should pre medicate or not give them the flu shot, or just give them the flu shot without pre medicating. Uh-huh. In my rotation, my preceptor was like always pre-medicating patients for the like the COVID shots and stuff. Like, yeah, what's the harm? Uh, yeah, <laughs> like, like giving them Benadryl or something. Yeah, Benadryl and Tylenol. Oh, okay. <laughs> Can't hurt them. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, the the thing that kind of threw me for a loop all the time is that it mentions in pediatrics that you're supposed to have on your, uh, not your stethoscope, your what do we look in the ear with the audio? Oh, the otoscope. The otoscope. They're supposed to be the otoscope. I can't remember. And this is terrible. We don't know the names. Tomato, tomato. Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway, so, so you, you're supposed to be able to blow their ear. Oh, yes, yeah. you're supposed to do an attachment. There's attachment to it. And that was, no one does that. It was one thing I remember. And I remember my preceptor from iHuman. It's like, that's really important. I'm like, and she does it in her practice. Does she, does she really? Yeah. Oh and I was gosh. just thinking, I was like, I don't do that. Like, they don't yeah. do that. Yeah, no, he practice. doesn't do that. He didn't do that at all. When I found that out, I was like, yeah. I haven't done that at all. And it, it's supposed to be... Like, what, what do you, what's the purpose of it? It's supposed to be super rigid. So I, I guess if it's yeah. an infection and they have, and they have a middle ear infection and there's fluid back there, it's supposed to be super rigid. Even if it's an infection, it's just supposed to be super rigid. So you blow on it and it's not supposed to move like at all. But if, typically, if it's normal, you'll blow on it and it will move. It'll just, you'll see it rip, rip it a bit. Yeah, and the pre, my preceptor said, or for the eye human, they, she said that there's actually a high... It, the blowing test or pneumatic uh, test or whatever it's called um, has a high sensitivity of yeah. of determining if there's oh, uh, a middle ear infection or not. Yeah. And I was just thinking, I was like, I've never seen that done. Because, <laughs> so. I mean, reading ears is an art. It, it yeah. It's really kind of, it's a lot more difficult than I expected. I was like, I'd, I'd go in there and be like, I think he has an ear infection. Especially with those waxy ears. Yeah. Yes, with the waxy ear and everything else. And I was like, even to this day, even after three weeks of doing it, I was like, I don't think I have ears down really that well. I, I only did it twice in my rotation. And one was like a really waxy ear where I could not see anything. I just like, yeah, it's red red wax. I can't see anything. I can't, get, I can't even get to the eardrum. And then the other one, I was like, it looks good. And then the doctor comes in and looks at it like, you, you see the light reflection looks a little bit different on this ear. This this one has an infection in this ear. Like, oh. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> oh my, just like the light difference. Like, like, it's it's yeah. totally flat. Like, well, there was oh. one in my ER rotation. Like I looked in both ears and the, the chief complaint was ear infection for a little kid. And I looked in both ears and reported back to the doc. I'm like, oh, it looks good. I don't see anything. It's not erythematous. It's not bulging. It's, you know, it's good. And uh, he comes back in. He's like, oh, he has a serious uh, middle ear infection. I was like, what the? <laughs> yeah. happened to me on several occasions. Yeah, and I look over and he's like, yeah, go look, there's bubbles. He's like, it's not red or anything, but it's very subtle. It's like there's bubbles behind the tympanic membrane. Oh, wow. And I went back and looked. I'm like, oh, there really is bubbles. I'm like, that's so, like, so I didn't, subtle. It's so subtle. I didn't know what I what to look for, but now after that, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. But. And I remember actually seeing bubbles, and if they're not complaining, though, and it's, it's so they're asymptomatic and just bubbles, then apparently do nothing. 
until unless they have like loss of hearing or something else like yeah. that. I also learned that um, if the baby's crying, and you look at their ears, the tympanic membrane will be red, but it's not an ear infection. It's just, just the fact that they're crying and have better circulation for yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. And so, because I looked at it, a kid's ears when he was crying i was like oh it, this is infected and he looked at it he's like oh no it's just it just turns red when they cry yeah, like, yeah. See, oh. that's, that's what I was about ears. like ears every single time i was like i think i got this down and then he'd come in and tell me no it's fine we kept we constantly were getting the uh it's not go to the simple and then work your way to the obscure and we kept we kept going jumping to like really crazy diagnoses. This is a okay. This is external with mastoid. I can't see it. <laughs> Just look at the ears. Get yeah, yeah. I still haven't even with the ear. Like the we had one external ear infection, and like that was one I looked at and didn't, and didn't see the light reflex. No, I didn't notice the light reflex. It was any different? And he's like, and I pulled on her ear to you know mm. to get a good look into her, and she didn't complain. But when the doctor did it, like he must have just yanked on. She's like, "Wow!" <laughs> it's like, "Well, see, she's got an external ear infection." I'm just like, "Okay, well, it's like, I okay, yeah, I, was like, I guess oh. I got to pull a little harder." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for any kids, he wouldn't pull that hard. He would just kind of tap or just pull. It might have been just like where he pulled too, I guess. That was that was only for swimmers ear. Like I was, and I'm happy I saw a lot more swimmers ear, but swimmers ear. Some of the swimmers there we saw was just, it looked fine, like the tympanic member, or not the tympanic member. You don't check it. Uh, sorry, I got to ask, like, so were there any ear infections that you guys did not prescribe antibiotics for? Mm, no, mm, unfortunately. Yeah. I did. Yeah, yeah, you're not. Yeah, yeah. It's you're, supposed you're supposed to. to yeah. To a degree. Like, if it's been three days and there's no improvement in symptoms, then you prescribe it or something like that. Oh, okay. But then you just send them home, or you're supposed to, if they, like, if this has barely come this barely happened then you just tell them to wait out for I think it's like three or five days yeah some 35 days yeah. and then you're supposed to give them it but typically, typically like my preceptors i was just going off of personal experience my oldest son had had like an ear infection and hives and we took him into the doctor's office because the hives were freaking us out uh-huh. and the doctor was like there's an ear infection but we're not going to give him antibiotics for it and it ran its course so yeah. i mean yeah you're, yeah. Not, you're not supposed to um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's actually, I mean, for the most part, there's some, like, guidelines I can't yeah. remember. But... And I can't remember them right now, and I just barely took the test, which is <laughs> sad. Yeah. Come on, Brandon. But... I know. Sorry. No, there are some guidelines where you, you, you're supposed to let it run its course just to prevent, like, any antibac- or antibiotic resistance. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So. Oh, like, no, there were some that we didn't give any. Oh, okay. No. But it was, it was up to the doctor's choice. Like, I didn't see a rhyme or reason, but he... I trusted his 30 plus years that he just kind of <laughs> knew some intuition there. Yeah, some more intuition there. You're like, I don't know about you. No, I'm just Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, no, I know he told me, yeah. he asked me like to go look it up and see what the new guidelines were. So I'm assuming the guidelines have changed quite a bit a few times. Did you have to present? I did present it to him, yeah. I mean, did you put, like, that was what you presented? Like, that's the only thing you presented was? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Like, I looked at, I was looking at the American Pediatric Association. Did you have to present to all your rotations? present like like some preceptors will have you like look up chest pain and then tomorrow you're going to present oh on yeah, chest yeah. Pain. No, yeah, I'm yeah present that way just like verbal, verbal presentation oh, like here no, this is I, I could do that within my internal medicine preceptors a lot it was actually really helpful and then we talked about stuff in certain cases we saw so i thought it was helpful so. okay well i want to i guess i'm going to wrap it up and thank you guys for doing this with me it's about an hour i want to take care not to use up too much of your time <laughs> sounds but, great yeah, thank you guys for joining me Yeah, thank you for having us.
Thank you again for listening to Med Family. We are hoping to do more of these types of episodes in the future and would love any feedback or suggestions on the topics. As always, please follow us on your favorite podcast application. If you want, you can rate us on Apple Podcasts and leave a comment. That would help the show out a lot. And lastly, you're always welcome to follow us on social media, which we have an Instagram um, called MedFamilyMD. Karen checks on that regularly and would be happy to see any comments that you might leave. And thank you again for listening.